I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Sean Parker, VP of Government Affairs at Sci-Fi Networks, which has been building and operating privately funded open access fiber networks for the past 10 years. Sci-Fi recently announced its latest fiber build in Saratoga Springs, New York. We talk more about that specific project and others, how the Sci-Fi Network's Fiber Cities model is helping increase competition and address the digital divide in cities across the U.S., and more. Sean, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Nicole. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, Before we dive into some specifics, I was wondering if you could just give me some background on sci-fi networks, a bit about your backstory, and uh, maybe some of the cities where your open access networks are active currently. Sure, Nicole. Uh, Happy to do so. So sci-fi has been in existence for almost uh, 10 years now. Uh, We were founded by Roland Pickstock and Mike Harris, um, who are passionate, I would say that's probably the correct word about solving the digital divide here in this country. Um, And they've been actively creating a model that would uh, address those concerns. Uh, We uh, build out uh, citywide. Uh, We don't exclude um, those those poor neighborhoods, if you will. Um, Everyone's gonna have an opportunity to be connected. And so it's a a great way to uh, obviously solve the digital divide by having fiber optics out there and accessible to everyone. Um, Currently, we are uh, in uh, various stages of development in 32 cities across the country, Uh, first of which was Fullerton, California, and then some of the uh, the later ones are Saratoga Springs, which Mm -hmm. we just broke ground on uh, last week. Welcome to New York. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. a little farther from where I'm sitting here in Manhattan, but you know, I look forward to visiting it and using your network at some point. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned California, by the way, and I noticed you guys have quite a few cities going in California. Um, uh, it, I guess, why is that? Why is California, uh, ripe for this model? Well, you know, California is, yeah, very progressive when it comes to their telecommunication needs. I think there's other states that are just, you know, they're, they're watching a little bit and want to make sure that they're doing things correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, not a, a, a small thing uh, that these cities are experiencing when it comes to the digital divide and they want to make sure that they get it right. Uh, but California has been, you know, on the, the forefront of this and, and trailblazing things. And so, uh, you know, when they, uh, these cities we go to in California, they hear about what we're doing, what we're trying to build in their communities. They get very excited. And obviously it's obviously a, a privately financed, uh, opportunity. Um, so there's no tax dollars involved in, uh, whatsoever. And so I think that appeals to a lot of people in California who probably feel like they're paying a great deal in taxes already. Right. So, um, right. but to have this kind of communication is, is a game changer for them. And, um, so they're they're excited about that, and I think that's the reason why California is uh, maybe a little bit further ahead than some other states. Interesting. And California has uh, sort of bet on a open an open access model going forward with its state funding. Um, so I know you guys are privately funded, but are, is mm-hmm. do you see opportunities going forward to participate in any of that, or any of the bead funding, or anything coming from the federal government? 
Uh, well, possibly. Uh, right now, our, our model doesn't really require that we have that. If there's opportunities where that we could partner uh, either state or federal dollars, uh, we certainly will look at those opportunities. Uh, but right now, to date, we have, we have not done any of that uh, to this point. Okay. So um, you mentioned at the top that you guys don't, uh, you know, bypass lower income neighborhoods, uh, something that is known as a digital redlining or digital discrimination as the FCC is supposed to define it. Um, I'm wondering about, so, you know, you build it as an open access network provider, you're building out the actual network. Um, are, do you have any trouble enlisting ISPs or enterprises or carriers in, in those neighborhoods? Or does it help uh, those companies that you're already doing the, the hard work of laying the fiber? Well, I mean, that is the model, right? We're laying the fiber. We're doing all the the, 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 the toughest part, right? So they can really focus on the end customer, which we feels a, a tremendous benefit uh, to, to not only their business, but to the end customers, right? So they get to really focus on innovation and, 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 and properly priced packages that, that really meet the needs of the community, right? So mm-hmm. we are a wholesaler at the end of the day, uh, just trying to create a leveled playing field for these, these groups. Um, and so that they can go and be the best that they can be out there in the space. And so uh, that's something that's, you know, that's, fundamental to what we try to do. And so uh, we don't pick winners or losers. We just want to make sure that everyone can succeed. um, And we give them the fastest, the best network imaginable to do so. Um, And so ISPs are attracted to that. Um, Some of them are, some of them aren't. Uh, More of your tier ones have been um, a little bit more hesitant, right? But uh, certainly more of your local smaller uh, providers are, are ones that uh, have been very excited to, to join this network. And we encourage uh, any provider out there, if they want to know more about us or to join one of our networks, to give us a call. We have, uh, uh, go to our, visit our website and, and take a look at us and you have all the information you need there to contact us. How many um, ISPs is, is it typical to have on one of your, you guys call your networks like fiber cities, right? In, in each city? Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, we call them fiber cities, which I, don't know, I always like. It's, kind it's of cute. Convenient. I like it. <laughs> it <is cute laughs> it's, it's convenient. Like it. um, yeah, but so for each fiber city, how many, how many ISPs do you try to enlist is, or and, so, and what's on, on yeah. average? Yeah, initially you like to have two or three there initially, right? Okay. Um, and then as the, the network becomes more mature, uh, then we bring on more after a period of time. Uh, but at least for the first several years, you'd have two or three would be our goal in most communities. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do they do the ISPs have a preference? Uh, you know, do they say, hey, we'll join the network if you limit it to uh, this many <laughs> service yeah, providers, every, for example? Yeah. So every yeah. So every agreement's a little bit different. Every city's a little bit different. Uh, providers you know, we, we work with their needs. And so if they have certain, uh, concerns or, 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 or things that they think will better, uh, the overall offering, uh, then we certainly want to look at that and talk to them about that and, and, and get their ideas and, uh, and adjust, uh, if it's possible to, to meet their needs. Okay. So, um, I guess one thing I wanted to know about is, uh, you know, there, there's some debate about open access networks. Uh, like you said, some of the, the tier ones are less interested mm-hmm. in those types of networks in their areas. Yeah, um, yeah. What makes for an ideal, you know, location for a, a fiber city when you guys are, are going out to, to look 
for where to build next? Are there certain policies? Is there certain terrain? Uh, you know, a competitive landscape, probably. Tell me a bit about what you look for when you're going out to form new city partnerships. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, one of the, the biggest things is, you know, we're, we're not a, a rural provider at this point in time, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're not going out into rural America. We're, so we're, we're going to communities, cities that are, uh, you know, fairly dense in size, right? And, and, and businesses and, and homes and stuff. That's a, a critical part um, to, to, get our, to getting our financing. It has to make uh, sense from that standpoint. Uh, we also look at the competitive landscape that's already in that market because, uh, you know, we have to make a business model. This is a privately financed uh, offering, right? So it has to make business sense. If, uh, if a community already has really good fiber optics, there are a lot of it, it would probably make it more difficult for us. But fortunately, well, unfortunately, fortunately, you know, for our business model, there's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of communities out there that are in great need of this, right? Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that have that density uh, and 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 don't have the competition levels, right? Don't have the fiber optics everywhere, and so it, it that that's what we look for. Generally speaking, there's a number of other uh, variables, but those are a couple of the biggest ones. Okay, um, and you know when it comes to you guys are you know in, in part saying you're helping to close the digital divide, and certainly building more broadband uh, helps to close the digital divide. But where would you say your you know your biggest uh, strength is in that department? Is it reaching lower income communities because you're putting the infrastructure in places where it doesn't exist? Like, you're, for example, you're saying you're not really in rural territory yet. So I, no. maybe sci-fi isn't the answer for the digital divide in rural America. But where would you say, and if you could even give me an example from one of the cities you serve, is your network making a difference for communities that maybe didn't have access before? Well, I, you know, we certainly are uh, across the board. Uh, when we start turning up services, um, you know, everybody, as I mentioned earlier, will have the ability to connect. I think one thing that really distinguishes us distinguishes us in that department um, is is our fiber city aid program as well, right? Where we um, where we're able to offer a uh, discounted uh, rate to our wholesalers, who then in turn pass on a thirty dollar a month. Um, uh, privately subsidized uh, gigabit, symmetrical gigabit service to those uh, those families that are in most need. And those are usually identified, those are always uh, identified by the city themselves, right? So, you know, we hear about all the federal dollars that are out there, but the federal government is, you know, the federal government and they don't know your community like you know your community, right? So, um, so we, we, we allow the, the community, the cities, to determine where those dollars are to be allocated. Uh, that program can be rolled out, and all of our providers that are on that network would be able to offer uh, that discount, that discounted service to to those residents. And so we're very, very proud of that. Um, there's no other program out there like this today. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, again, it's completely privately subsidized. When you start talking about the tier ones and so, such. You know they're they're championing this cause, but they're doing it with federal dollars, right? Right. Um, we're doing it with all private dollars. So, um, and so again, I think that's another example of where Mike Harris and Roland Pixock are really, you know, putting their money where the mouth is, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And making an enormous impact there. But yeah, it's it's an exciting um, initiative uh, that no one else has. Um, so it's 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 really fun to talk about. Okay. Awesome. No, that's, that's really interesting. Um, so 
what would you say you guys are building all around the country? Um, what are some of the challenges that you're facing in your builds? You know, people are facing supply challenges, of course. Some yeah. say there are labor challenges. Some say there aren't. Um, you, interestingly, are building in New York now where you're going to have to shut down soon for the weather. Uh, maybe that's why California is a little easier to build in because you don't have winter. Yeah. Uh, but so tell me a bit about where you're facing challenges during your build out. Yeah, I think once communities understand what we're offering, uh, they get on board fairly quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Once they once they they fully uh, grasp the concept, um, the biggest complexity is no doubt when you're constructing the the network, right? Um, we deploy through micro trenching, um, which is a great way, great technology to do it. Um, it's gotten some. Uh, a bad press at times by other providers and groups that have tried to do it and they didn't do it as well as we do it. Uh, we're the we're the leader in it really in the cross the country these days. Yeah. Uh, we've got some great contractors who do amazing work for us um, on that. Um, but there's a lot of handholding when it comes to that and educating the public works groups on, on what it means. And usually we take them out to cities and we show them what we're doing and uh, so they can really get a, a firsthand look at it, um, which is something that they like to do. And um, and so, so I would say th- that generally is, is the biggest, uh, uh, piece of what is the construction of the network, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows what the value is at the end of the day, once, once they get it right. And so it's the construction element that uh, creates the, uh, the most complexities and, uh, to it, uh, which would be natural, right? When you're going underground, like we are, which creates more of a reliable network as opposed to going up in the poles and where you're, you know, faced with mother nature a lot and who knows what else, right? You want reliability when it comes to your network. And, you know, we plan to have this, uh, in the ground for generations and generations. Uh, so, uh, there's no limit to fiber optics as you know. And so as, as far as we know today. And so, you know, we feel very confident that it'll be able to support any sort of application long into the future. Um, and so, so we do have to build underground and we do uh, design our networks in a manner that uh, allows for redundancy and resiliency. Um, and so it's, it's critically important. Uh, old models of how they constructed networks um, really aren't uh, viable for today's uh, needs and 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 the and the future demands, right? And so you uh, you have to have something that's reliable. The only way to do that is to put it underground. Um, and so we use micro trenching for it. And so it's, like I said, it's a great technology, but it does take require a little bit of handholding uh, every once in a while and bringing everybody along and educating them about the process. And once they get it, I usually most of the time they 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 like it. They like the process, and yeah. uh, it's a very clean. Um, very clean build, and uh, we open and close a trench in the same day. So we we're, we're building really, really fast, uh, doing about a mile, maybe a little bit over a mile a day in the with one of our crews, uh, just depending upon you know weather and such. But we usually uh, do it very, very quickly, and uh, and it allows us to do the citywide build. So. Yeah, that's great to be able to do that within a day. I'm sure you get a lot uh, less angry people <laughs> yeah, uh, giving yeah. you a call. <laughs> yeah, when people come home, it's like, oh, you guys were here? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? exactly. And then they go out and they look for where it might have happened and they see something, right? But yeah. uh, generally, it's, it's it's very well received. We go out and really educate the, the community about it, too. We go out there with taco trucks and things and we- Oh, that's why people like you. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Right. I mean, who doesn't like a taco truck? You should have said that up at the top. We would have had a lot more website visitors. Um, No, that's that's great. Um, And just to to close us out uh, on this topic, because it's your most recent project and because I'm biased because it's my state, uh, tell me a bit about the the kickoff in Saratoga Springs. Um, Why why Saratoga Springs? Tell me a bit about what that city needs are as far as fiber goes and if i understood it correctly it sounds like this is the going to be the first city to have fiber everywhere in new york i i believe that is correct okay Uh, for i mean for sci-fi certainly there might be some other communities that are contemplating and trying to to build something themselves but this is the first privately funded citywide you know fiber network it's uh at a cost of about 32 million for uh for sci-fi networks um, you know, we've been, we've been working with Saratoga Springs for a while now. It's a great community, a diverse community. Uh, it's got the, uh, you know, it's got the, the density levels that we look for. It's, you know, really just a, a, a fantastic community all the way around. Uh, they've got, uh, obviously their needs too, uh, when it comes to digital inclusion and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we are, able to uh, roll out our fiber city aid program there. We've already identified about 700 addresses uh, working with Paul Feldman. Uh, he's the executive director of uh, Saratoga Springs housing authority. Um, and so they're extremely excited, you know, again, you know, our founders, they want to solve this problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And Saratoga Springs has that problem. It's a great community though. It's um, exciting. I've been up there a couple of times now and really like uh, being up there. And so, you know, it's a great spot to start in New York and hopefully we're able to, to do some other projects in New York as well. And you have one provider signed up for that network so far? We have one provider signed up for the network right now. Correct. Okay, great. Gotcha. Um, all right, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me about this. I'm excited to keep up with Sci-Fi Networks and see where else you built. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure, Nicole. Thank you again. And uh, and please feel, re- please feel free to reach out to me if you have any kind of questions. Will do. Thank you again, Sean, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landreau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.